This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Action Network Podcast. You can hear the chatter from the crowd. We have a big chance, a big chance to make a run for some big bucks. Three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, Buckets Edition for the NBA Finals, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer at the Action Network. We're going to give you a series preview and best bets as the, the Miami Heat take on the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. We'll hit on Finals MVP, series prices, props, all those kind of angles. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about Finals MVP as well. To help me do that, I've got AC, the analytics capper, regular contributor to Buckets. You can follow him on Twitter at analytics capper. And Sean Little from MSG Networks. You can catch him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. Appreciate you guys being with me. Reminder, everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks, you get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in. All sorts of cool stuff there. Make sure to check it out. Just download the Action Network app right now. If you are interested in learning more about the NBA Finals, we have so much content for you at Action Network. Not only do we have great written content, I've got pieces about where I see the series going. I'm working on a rest versus rust thing with, in terms of betting trends. Uh, we've got pieces up about the most important players in the finals, Brandon Anderson's betting card, all sorts of stuff. Just check it out on the Action Network app and on Buckets, our regular NBA betting podcast with episodes Monday through Friday. We've got a series preview, went along with it, Brandon Anderson, and in-depth shows you all the angles. We've got a props episode that's got every possible way you can bet this series because this is a very sharply priced series. So there's a lot of different angles you can catch in that one. Uh, and we've got our game one best bets episode up as well. So make sure to check that out with all of our contributors over on buckets. All right, enough of that guys. Let's get to it. We're going to go around the table. We're going to give our series best bets for the NBA finals. You could give finals MVP. You can do a series price, whatever you prefer in this spot. We'll go around the table and then we'll give the cap on it. AC, we'll start with you. What do you like as the Heat take on the Nuggets in the NBA Finals? Yeah, I'm going to go with a couple plus money looks here. The first one is the exact games. I'm going to go with six game plus 240. The reason why I'm going with six is the uh, the total games, five and a half is juiced to the over, which I like. And then the series spread, the Nuggets minus one and a half is juiced. So, you know, the the, the part of synergy there right there is, is six games. So I'm going to go with that math. It's very simple there. And then obviously the I think the Jokic MVP odds are are amazing because I think if if Denver wins you're pretty much penciled in Jokic being the MVP. Another look I like to see is um, depending on depending on the book you get, there's certain opportunities where you can bet player milestones. One is Jokic to record over 15 assists in a game. That's plus 220. I like that because when Denver is when when they're rolling, it's because Jokic is being that playmaker and not really looking to score himself, but getting other uh, other guys open shots. So I, I like Jokic over 15 assists in one game. That's plus 220. All right, great stuff there. We'll come back and dive into that a little bit more in a sec. Sean Little, what do you got for me for series bets for Nuggets versus Heat? 
Yeah, I'm all over the Denver Nuggets here. It pains me to say it. I, I do think – I'm going to say Denver minus one and a half games at minus 175. Now, I'm getting a very late number. That's still out there. I don't want to give out a stale. I got a little shorter than that. But I also like it minus two and a half. You're seeing still plus – 115 around that at minus two and a half for Denver. I think they get it done in five or six games. If the Miami Heat continue what they've been doing and push this to seven games, I'll happily pay and and just take the L, lick my wounds. This is actually my biggest NBA play of the season. Denver minus one and a half at, I'll say the minus 175 number. Yeah, so we started hitting this early, and then the market has been – we've been in line with the market. Yeah. So, like, this opened at a book at minus 134, and we – like, most of action, I think, hit that number when that popped. And then every day, it's gotten more and more. Recording this on Wednesday afternoon, I am hoping against hope, and I'm running out of hope, that we're going to get a move back on Miami as we get closer to game one, both on the series – and in game one, because the game one money will influence that get that those subsequent derivative markets as well. Um, I'm hoping for that. Usually the sharps come in early and they come in late. So I'm hoping that we're going to get a late movement push here. That's where I'm going to get the minus two and a half. Uh, my best bet will be minus one and a half on the nuggets as well. I've grown surprisingly more confident. Usually I come out and I do the analysis and I make the bet. And then I spend the rest of the time before a series starts being like, oh, God, what have I done? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, how I'm Jimmy Butler is going to score 50 a game. Oh, God. Caleb Martin's going to shoot 50 percent from three again. And I just I've talked to as many smart people as I can find both in the league in analytics departments, fellow media, team sources, betting sources, everybody. It's just very hard to find. If you're taking the Miami Heat, it is not entirely a faith-based play, but you are definitely banking on not just the obviously by the market, statistically unlikely outcome, but I can't tell you like, look, yeah, the Nuggets are better, but there are matchups here that really favor the Heat. I can't find them. Um, Their offense is better in terms of execution than the Nuggets have maybe faced. The Wolves were missing a lot of personnel and are just a sloppy group in general. Um, the Suns were very limited in their personnel. Devin Booker shot 80%. Like the Nuggets did face Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and handled them. So like on some level, you need to be like, yeah, they face some pretty good offenses. The Lakers were not a great half-court offense. They're just not. Like they don't have a lot of firepower. I don't necessarily know that the Heat have a lot of firepower. It's mostly Jimmy Butler and then whatever random role player decides to shoot 50% from three that night. Like, all of these things are definitely possible. And I talked a lot about this on the series preview. You can catch that full episode in the buckets feed. If you disagree, if you're just like, well, I think they'll continue to shoot. I just think that they'll continue to make these shots. You should definitely bet Miami. You're getting great value. You're getting awesome return on this and it's getting better by the second. But from a tactical perspective, starting with Nikola Jokic versus Bam Adebayo and all the way down, I have a really hard time finding edges for Miami to get enough of an edge to be able to get this done. Let's go back and start with AC. I want to talk about this for a minute. Um, so AC, when, when you kind of looked at, at how the series goes, I thought that the math was really interesting there because both Sean and I are kind of leading towards a shorter series. And like, I'll be real with you. Like I've considered the sweep. I've considered it. I always think that that just takes more. I'm just gonna be straight with you. That takes more balls than I have. Like, I just don't have the balls to bet sweeps here. Cause I'm always like, well, they can get a game. Like they're a really good team. Or especially in this case, I'm like, am I really going to say Jimmy Butler's not going to win a game? Like Eric Spolster is not winning a game. 
Um, but getting it to six, I think, is a really interesting concept. Why do you feel like game six being the elimination mode either way has the value here based on the number? To be to be completely transparent, I like both five games and six games. I think six games is a little stronger. I'm giving more credit to um, a coach who has made it to the finals before, right? Well, I know Denver is superior in almost every way. Um, you can even include coaching because I think Mike Malone is very, very underrated. But we can't discount the fact that this is everybody's first time in Denver, their first time in the NBA Finals. So they might not they might not lose game one because of the the overwhelming rest advantage. But I think in in games two, three, or four, where there where there is going to be one or two occasions where it's it's like a deer in the headlight spot. I think we might see that out of Denver. No matter how great they are, everybody goes through it. LeBron went through it. Everybody went through it. Um, so I think I think I'm going to give Miami at least one game, and then the second game is really just uh, really just the numbers because over and over five and a half games is juiced to the over minus one forty. Um, the books are expecting it to be over five and a half games. So I'm just going to choose six there. But again, fully transparent, I like both five and six. I lean the shorter series. I, I agree with you. I, it's hard to find an advantage for Miami here. Um, but I think uh, I think those type of series where we think it's going to be easy ends up being a lot more competitive than we expect. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that in terms of like the number because you're right that's used to the over, right? So like there's a market expectation of this going longer, which is indirect. That's directly against where the exact outcomes where those are at, because in those in those uh, nuggets and five is the most likely outcome based off of the number. So like nuggets and five at Fandle plus 200, uh, four, two is plus 430. Uh, Miami four, two um, is plus 900. Now you got to put those together, right? For the, for the games for it to end. Like you're kind of writing that um, when you put them both outcomes, nuggets or heat together, that's where we kind of wind up with that variance because there's a very low yeah. probability of heat in five. There's a very high probability of nuggets in five comparatively speaking to the rest of the market. So it kind of shows you an interesting way to go about this. As far as like the basketball side of this, I think it's pretty reasonable just from the perspective. The The question of, I, I thought about this today when I was sitting in that arena for the first time in my 11 years covering the Denver Nuggets, there's an in franchise history, like in ever, ever in the history of that team, NBA finals is on the logos it's on the, the the signage that's crazy um and so i was thinking about all the guys i do think aaron gordon gonna be in the big spot i think jamal murray is gonna be very amped i think uh christian brown is a rookie big spot for him but then you got guys like kcp and you got jeff green and maybe this is the most important thing i just don't think Jokic cares yeah. like he is unflappable that dude just does i honestly my big takeaway from him is how much he's gonna hate having to do media like he had to wait for Michael Malone to finish today and was already annoyed. And then was just like, you can just tell he hates this. And he spoiler alert, he's going to have to do it a lot. Um, but like, as far as like the stage, some guys get up on that podium and they're like, they're ready to be the center of the attention. Like they, they're ready to be, have all. And like, Jokic is just like, okay, I'm here. Let's answer. Yeah. Oh, same questions have always been asked. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to leave now. And, and so I don't think that he's going to, I think if Jokic is unflappable, I think that helps the Nuggets be unflappable, yeah. um, which kind of impacts that cap. But just like, look, shot variance probably suggests Miami's going to get one. Yeah. Like at some point, even if it's unlikely for them to have done what they've done, they have done it. And so 
if they just have another game where they're shooting absolutely lights out, even if it's not the 50% mark or 60% from three, if they're just shooting well, especially in one of the home games, it's probably enough to get them there, you know, and the, it may be enough to get them too. So I don't hate it. It's one of the reasons why I, you know, we're paying the juice on this minus one and a half, Sean, in part, like for me, that's like the insurance play on this yeah. is like, I feel so much better about just paying that extra juice under 200 rather than having to go in here and be like, well, yeah, I think they're going to win in five. So I'm just going to get this nice plus number and then have to live with, oh God, if, if they win two games, my bet loses. Yeah, exactly right. And I think it should be around that minus 200 number. I still don't mind it at the 175. I'm glad I got it a little bit shorter. To give a little more context on Jokic and his attitude, when the Nuggets were in the garden to play the Knicks, everyone was warming up. Everyone was amped up. You know, the 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 garden bump, they call it. Jokic was literally sitting on the bench, legs crossed, kind of waiting for his other players to finish their pregame warm-up. I posted a picture on Twitter. Go back and try to find it. But he was just completely not into the atmosphere. Just it's just not his thing. It's just he doesn't really, he just wants to go out, play ball, do his thing. And that's what he's continued to do. But yeah, I agree with you 100 percent uh Matt. The the I'll pay the juice for the extra insurance. I do not in any way, shape, or form see this going seven games for the Denver Nuggets. I just cannot see it. And like I said, and 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 that's not a cap in any way or form. We're gonna get into some numbers and, and what what I think how the series is going to go and why I do think AG is a big piece. We'll get into Jimmy Butler's struggles on the offensive end. We'll jump into all that stuff. But yeah, Matt, I agree. Pay the juice for the extra insurance. The The Nuggets will take care of business in five or six games. Uh, AC, let's talk about this from the perspective of uh, that Jimmy Butler matchup. Let's get into that because I think there's been a lot of conversation about Jokic versus Bam. If you want more on that, you can catch my series preview in the Action Network app. Uh, here's the uh, cliff notes on it. Jokic fucking destroys him. Um, <laughs> Bam is amazing. Bam, again, is I think the best defender in the NBA. Jokic moves through him like water. Like there is nothing that Bam can do. They are going to have to try all number of things in this. And usually their bailout is, well, we'll just go zone. The Nuggets are the number one team scoring against zone in the NBA. Um, Joker was not going to give away any of the secrets as far as like how he beats zone uh availability on wednesday he was like we'll see maybe i'll really struggle maybe i'll have 10 turnovers because again he just does not get phased by this he's just like we'll play and we'll see uh but if you're gonna beat the zone guess what you want you want a big flashing middle that can pass nicole Yoke, and shoot yeah <laughs> pretty good big that can flash the middle shoot and pass um yeah. well let's talk about jimmy because i think it's a really interesting question but brandon anderson brought this up in our series preview and it has stuck with me because i hadn't actually looked at the numbers First round series versus Milwaukee, in part because he scores the 56. He averages 38 in that series. Mm -hmm. The bigger number is since. He's averaged 25, less than 25 in the two series since, including one versus the New York Knicks, who, to be quite frank, were not an impressive team to me. So Jimmy hasn't been, like, amazing playoff Jimmy. And Caleb Martin stepped up. And I will say this, like, Butler had 15 in the fourth in a couple of these key games and was huge. In, like, that's where he gets scary. Denver's also a really good clutch time team, but let's start with AC. Um, your best bet for game one is an under on Jimmy Butler. Uh, and you've kind of talked about that in our game one episode over on buckets, but give me kind of what your thoughts are on the matchup. And then we'll get Sean's thoughts as well on how the nuggets are going to have to defend Jimmy Butler and play off Jimmy. Yeah. Outside of that Milwaukee bucks game where he had, I think like 20 something in the first quarter, Jimmy Butler is a player that usually allows the game to get to him, get to him. So 
Uh, he allows the game to just go through the motions. And in the fourth quarter, it's kind of like the Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls offense. It's Derrick Rose, ISO at the top, or Derrick Rose, find a mismatch. And I think that's the same with Jimmy Butler here, where with Boston, they decided to never send help. They decided to, uh, if he's, you know, if he's cooking, I like Grant Williams, but when he was cooking Grant Williams, they never, uh, you know, make a made a change in terms of lineups, in, ter- in terms of um, schemes in the background. So I think the coaching there is big, but then the guys that, that Jimmy's going to have to face with Denver and LeBron went through this in the Western conference finals. Like these are great defenders. We're talking about Eric Gordon, Aaron Gordon, who six, eight two forty, stronger than Jimmy Butler can jump probably, you know, rebound and jump higher than Jimmy Butler. Then, you know, after you get with Aaron Gordon, you got to deal with Christian Brown, who's young, athletic, six, six himself, KCP, you know, he's going to be in the passing lanes and go th- and try to get some steal some cookies there. And then Bruce Brown, who plays above his size, who's six, four, 200, but he's definitely going to give another look to Jimmy Butler. And I think Mike Malone is going to continue to throw different looks at him. Uh, every other possession, every quarter, similar to what Spo does for Miami, whether it's man on man or or um, or zone defense, I think that's what Malone is going to do for Denver against Jimmy Butler. See, I think that if I think Jimmy Butler is going to be looking for Bruce Brown and Jamal Murray all night long, they're just too little. If you see how Jimmy Butler gets gets busy on the offensive end, he wants to bang a little bit and then go straight up over the top and just shoot the rock. That's when he has success. Guys like Tom Lord, Robert Williams, gives him, gave him a ton of trouble because he's a big dude that can move his feet and is going to stay on the ground. And then Jimmy's kind of in a tough spot because he can't just rise up over guys and kind of give that little leaner where it's like, if you if you give me any contact, I'm getting a whistle and I'm going to the line. So I, I agree with you on AG. I think Aaron Gordon's going to be massive for the series. Another big guy that can move his feet that's long. I think uh, – I think Christian Braun or Brown, excuse me, excuse me, Brown uh, <laughs> is uh, an underrated guy that's going to get a lot of that. If he gets a lot of minutes, when he gets minutes, I haven't seen him all playoffs get minutes and not use them and, and play, be engaged, impact player. the game. He's a winning 100%. player. He yeah. impacts the game. He does things when he's out there. I remember the first time I saw Walker Kessler, I was like, this guy does things out here. Like he's making impact on the game. If you know his name or not, you will because the announcer and the color guy are going to be saying it because he's out there making plays. Now, I think Jeff Green's another guy that's big, long, and can move his feet. He's not young Jeff Green, but he still would be a guy that would give Jimmy Butler issues. To go back to what Matt was talking about, this is another number that I saw for Jimmy. Jimmy flat out has been struggling offensively, and it's it, it, I didn't really – just because I'm a, I'm also a Jimmy lover, I didn't give it enough attention as it is. But like Matt said, once you kind of dive into the numbers and take a look, it is a little jarring. Jimmy Butler in this playoffs has played 670 minutes. When he's on the floor, Miami's point differential is only a plus one. So he's it's not like they're out there just running people off the floor offensively when he's out there. He's getting tons of help. We've highlighted Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, and those guys. But Jimmy, since that that New York Knicks series, has been struggling. I mentioned this earlier. Jimmy Butler has only shot 50-plus percent from the field once since game three versus the Knicks. That was on May 8th. He took it, he shot at 50% on the dot in game five versus the Celtics, but that was only on 10 attempts, and that was in the blowout where the, the Celtics got the W. Going back to that Milwaukee series, in the first seven games – 
of the playoffs. He shot it over 50% six times, three games over 60%. He was absolutely cooking Drew Holiday and the rest of those guys. That's how they got out of that series so easily. Then they beat up on the Knicks because they were overall better team than the Knicks. But when we get down to the 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 actual nitty-gritty of kind of what happened here, I think the reason that the Miami Heat were able to survive game uh they lost game six, but then we ended up ended up getting the W in game seven. I think the reason they had they had a shot to actually win game six was because Boston shot it as poor as they have all year. A combined 16 of 77 from game six and game seven in 102 games this year. I got this from John Schulman on Twitter. That's their the the first and the second worst shooting games of the entire season. 102 games were the Eastern Conference Finals, Game Six and Game Seven. So Miami has been fortunate with the shooting variants of their own and ran across some of the worst shooting the yeah. the Celtics could ever put up, and they were able to get the W and move on. I think they're going to need to beat the Nuggets. They're going to need that type of shooting in multiple games mm. from the Denver Nuggets. And Jokic is, is just too efficient. They have too many guys. This is not the Boston Celtics. This is a completely different team. Without Jimmy's ability to score, I think he's going to continue to struggle in this series. I don't know where the buckets are going to come from for the Miami Heat. He has to be one for one with Jokic. That's not going to happen. And then the role players are going to fill in the rest. That's why I lean uh, the under, I like to play on the under in game one for Jimmy Butler, but that's why overall I think the Nuggets are just too much. Jimmy Butler offensively has been struggling. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So Jimmy's average the fifth most percentage of time in isolation. That's via Synergy Sports. Um, he will run pick and roll and he'll kind of target guys. And they will be able to kind of do that a little bit. Like some of this is going to get into, I have, I have one of the things I'm interested in as the series starts is how much do the Nuggets allow the switch? Because they let LeBron get to it in game one versus Jamal Murray. And that was part of their comeback. And then the Nuggets did a much better job of not allowing that switch as often. And when it did occur of showing a lot of help to get the ball out and then scramming it to reset. Like this is one of the differences between what Miami has faced defensively with other teams and Denver. And if you're like, Denver's not a great defensive team, you're right. But what Denver's really good at is they're really great at solving problems. And one of the reasons that they're good at solving problems is because they have to, because their personnel's worse. Like this is kind of the key here is like, my Boston is just like, we're going to switch everything. We'll play a little bit of drop because they have so many good defenders everywhere. They don't want to get in rotation. They do everything possible to stay out of rotation the way the Warriors used to. Similarly, the Bucks kind of did the same thing. 
except the Bucks' whole thing is we're going to play drop and use it as a base coverage so we can extend and guard your shooters. And the Heat were able to basically just challenge them off the dribble and tear them up that way. Um, and the Bucks honestly just played like garbage and shot pretty badly as well. The Nuggets, on the other hand, they're comfortable in rotation. They're comfortable in like, yeah, we are going to overload this side. Then we're going to run back the other way. And then this guy's going to X out to the other one. And we're going to, and they will have breakdowns and they will allow open threes. And again, if Caleb, if you think Caleb Martin or Mac or Max Struess or Gabe Vincent are going to shoot better than, than 49% in this series from three, which is what they have been able to accomplish before you should bet Miami because you're getting a really great price on them. But if we're really talking about it, this is one of the differences is, it's not about the quality of the defense. It's about the type of defense you're facing. Aaron Gordon, here, similar kind of question. Who's a better defender, Drew Holiday or Aaron Gordon? It's obviously Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league, but Drew's small. The Nuggets are big all over. And if you're going to get Jimmy, you got to wear him down. It is absolutely a battle of attrition. And that dude is on a bad wheel that he's been playing on yeah. for weeks. He has looked already exhausted and banged up. And like he will look fresh, I think probably in game one. But the problem is like by game three, by game four, and then on top of all this, it gets into this has been one of my favorite numbers, the highest offensive rating that Miami has allowed in a win. So they've won the game, but they allowed a high offensive rating was one nineteen point six. The Nuggets' average offensive rating for the entire playoffs, including their losses, is one nineteen point seven. Not their average in wins. That's like in the one twenty fives. It's already 119.7. The threshold is so high for this Nuggets team. They can have a bad offensive night with like a 112 offensive rating in the playoffs. Yeah. They've had bad nights with 95s. They also won those games. Like this is one of the keys with them is like, if you're spending so much energy defending them, congratulations, you dragged down the Denver offense. Now you're out of gas and you're absolutely trying to just like, force some stuff up to try and get stuff to go. Matt, I do want to double click on not only Jimmy Butler, but the opponent that Miami is facing. Matt kind of got into it, but Boston's a great team, individual, individually two all NBA performers, right? Yes, they were hurt. Um, and some, some Jalen Brown was playing awful, but from a complexity standpoint, the offense wasn't that hard to defend. All no. Boston did was throw it around the perimeter and then once they got an open three, they shot it. Of course, they missed the majority of them, but that, that was their offense. On defense, very similar. They're getting hunted by Jimmy Butler. Guys like Derek White and Marcus Smart are getting single covered, and they're getting torched inside. No adjustments, no sending help. You're going to see a team here in Denver that's going to move the ball like crazy, that's going to kill the zone. So that's going to make the Miami Heat players actually defend on defense. And then on the other side of the on uh, other side of the court, yes, you're right. I think I think Jimmy Butler is going to go get in the pick and roll and he's going to hunt guys like Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, put him in the post and rise up over them. But the difference is you're going to have MPJ or Aaron Gordon on the backside getting ready to double or you're going to have uh, Jokic shading to Butler's side. Like we didn't see any of that out of Boston for some reason. And M Matt talks about this all the time, but Boston lost their defensive identity, which made them great last year. They didn't do it this year. Although the numbers don't suggest it, I think Denver, because of their coaching, is just a more versatile defense. And I think that's going to give Jimmy Butler some, some issues. Also, I believe Miami's going to be one and done a ton. 
they're going to they're going to get one shot up and then they're going to get killed on the glass and it's going to be trying to get back on D and stopping the the best offense in the NBA. If you if you listen to the comments from the other teams that they faced both Phoenix and the Lakers had comments about this, which is like everyone focuses on Jokic because he's pretty good and everyone focuses on Jamal because he's pretty good. But one of the things that those guys both said is they're like they're so freaking big. Like yeah. their power forward is 6'10 in Michael Porter Jr. Their small forward is 6'8. KCP is 6'7. Like they have big dudes all the way through. Bruce Brown's small to, to AC's point. Those Bruce Brown minutes are so here's like a here's like a pathway, right? If you're listening to this and you're somebody that wants to bet the heat and you're like, come on, guys, like there's gonna be a pathway here. Here's like one. There's a bunch of them, but here's one. It's that. MPJ or Aaron Gordon pick up foul trouble because Jimmy Butler is an elite grifter. Like he is amazing at pump fake. You put your hands up and then he turns into your arm and draws a foul. That's a sneaky, honestly, pretty frustrating as a, somebody that enjoys basketball. It's a frustrating call, but it's absolutely a foul when he does it. Um, that's why like Jamal Murray was asked about this today about like, what do you do? You got to show your hands at all times. If they're low, they're going to call it a push off or an illegal touch below. So like, got to show your hands at all times. If he gets Aaron Gordon in trouble and Bruce Brown comes in, and now Bruce Brown is covering Jimmy Butler because you don't want Jamal on him and you don't want to start Jimmy, you know, MPJ on him and KCP's got a rotation, right? Now, Bruce Brown, a much, much smaller defender who struggles with bigger guys, is on 6'7 Jimmy Butler. And now Jimmy can do some stuff and, and you're off to the races. Like, that's one pathway. There are pathways here, they're just unlikely. And they're, they're that all starts with, yeah, if Aaron Gordon gets in enough foul trouble for it to matter. But also, guess what? If Aaron Gordon comes off the floor, you're adding another shooter next to Nikola Jokic. It's it's tough here. Um, Sean, you kind of talked about this. I want to ask you this. Yeah. Do you see this as more of an over or an under series? Because I'll tell you, like, my game one strategy, and if you want to hear more about our game ones, we've got game one best bet over uh, best bets episode over in buckets. From this series, I'm waiting on game one to get as much squeeze to the over because it is getting hammered right now. It's at 219 and a half and going up. And I'm going to play the under because of a, a number of reasons in this game one spot. Um, our guy, Jay Money, is actually on the over for uh, the Denver Nuggets in game one. He thinks they're going to put up 120. Do you see this as an over or an under series? Because what we have here is an extremely slow-paced team facing another extremely slow-paced team who are both extremely efficient when they do run in transition, but they don't do it that often, and two offenses that have managed to be very good in half-court in the playoffs. Do you see this as an over or an under series? Yeah, I'm going to cheat here a little bit, Matt Moore. I'm going to say in Denver, it's looking like it's more of an over spot, and then when we get to Miami, it's going to be more of an under spot, right? I think that's how the the overall series is going to shake. I expect the Denver Nuggets to be chomping at the bit. They can't wait to get back on the floor. I expect them to come out guns blazing uh, here in game one. I saw an interesting number. It's in the market. Both teams in the first quarter to score 25 points minus 120. I'm definitely not worried about the Denver Nuggets scoring 25 points. Now, they could it could be a spot where just like I mentioned that Lakers game one where Denver just blitzed the Lakers at the start, but that was still 37 to 25. 20 both teams have scored 25 points minus 120. And in that same that same outlet, that same book, I want to say the 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 Miami Heat's 
team total in the first quarter was like 27 and a half. I thought that was very interesting. But yeah, I would say at in Denver, those boys are going to get up and down. There's going to be a little more tired legs as the game goes on. I would say an over spot. I agree with uh, our guy, Jay Money. This is a all over the Nuggets spot. You could do first quarter. You could do first half. You could do full game. I think it's a double digit win for those guys. And I think they do put up quite a bit of points. I think I I think I do I I think I disagree with you guys just for game one just yeah. for game one because I think the adjustment to the to the elevation is going to be big for Miami and then Miami's I'm sorry Denver's been off for a week and a half two weeks so you know they're going to be amped up they're probably going to shoot a lot of shots long in that first quarter so I actually like the first quarter under but I think for the series to answer Max's question Denver's offense kills zones. So if Miami is going to pl- be playing zone every other quarter, those are the quarters that you want to look into in, in terms of overspots because I think Miami's going to be able to shoot and just bust the zone all series long. The interesting thing about the zone, the zone idea, because I agree, they the they'll, they'll do a ton of things. They'll put Jokic at, in the middle of the floor. They'll they'll run ball screens at the top of the top of the key. Spo will run that shit two or three times and be like, oh, yeah, this shit's not working. And he has a, a bunch of other different things that he can go Agreed. to. So yeah. it, it might be one of those situations where the zone is getting torched and we never, ever see the zone again, right? So that's, that, that, that is a tip of the cap to Spo. There, there's a lot more adjustments that he can make. But, yeah, I just think that everything that Spo is going to go to, I just, like Matt said off the top, I can't see the edge for Miami unless yeah. Jimmy Butler just – goes ballistic and Caleb Martin continues to go crazy. And, and, and that's, that's the way to a W. This, I mean, I've, I've been talking about this with some group chats and embedding. And one of the comments is like, this just feels too easy. It does. Like, and that's always a bad sign. I right. will say that. Like, nobody feels good about that. The question I think you have to ask is just like, okay, it doesn't feel good. Should you bet based off of it being like, in what situation would you be like, I'm going to, to, Literally now staying away is a different question, but we don't have the, the opportunity because this is our last NBA series of the year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if this were like a, a random series, we would probably, if this was like a mid round series, we'd probably be like, Brandon Anderson said this because it's a one eight. He's like, if this was like your typical one eight series, we'd be like, yeah, there's no value here in the market. It's been, it's a team at a huge disadvantage versus a really great team. They should stomp them. The market says that. We don't find value. And that's not a reason I'm not telling you like not to bet it because I do think that the Nuggets have good value here based on the minus one and a half. I also think though that we have to be cognizant of like how to balance like the fact that it's like everyone's on this side. Shouldn't we go the other way? And the answer is like, I think if you're just doing it as a principle, you know, I, I want to ask you that AC because you're somebody that's, that said that you value contrarianism. Mm-hmm. I think it's tough when, there are logical reasons why this has become the case. This isn't a public action. Like this has been the, the sharps have liked Denver for months. The sharps have liked Denver in the playoffs and the sharps have liked Denver in this series. Like their number has shrunk versus the Suns, the Lakers, and now the heat in the last three series before tip. Like they have taken money. Um, and that's from sharp action to move the line. So I guess my question for you here is about the nature of this seems so obvious is there, is it just a matter of like, yeah, that's the danger going to have to get through it. Or how does that factor into your thinking as the series goes? No, it's a great question. And honestly, it's, it, it's a simple answer because for me, the contrarian or public or sharp money, all of that is, is a factor to, to, you know, my decision-making, but 
it's not the leading factor. It's it's more of like a tiebreaker. Let's say if I have analysis on both sides and I see uh, a pathway, like you say, uh, for both teams, and then maybe it's eighty percent on one side of the bets, then then yeah, maybe maybe I'm going to lean more for the contrarian. But I think in a situation like this, or let's say even even more in layman's term, let's say in NFL, you're you're not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes because he is the best quarterback in the NFL, right? Just because you want to be on the other side and be contrarian, you're going against the best quarterback in the NFL. That's period, point blank. It's kind of like this This very simple analysis here is Denver has been the better team all season long, all playoffs long. They haven't seen, they haven't seen a game seven, right? Whereas Miami's seen, yeah, Miami's coming off a game seven against a team that woefully underperformed, was poorly coached and just didn't look like they were interested they got up 3-0, and then Miami kind of let game four slip away. But for this particular thing, I would never lead the contrarian principle as a as a leading factor, more of a confirmation or more of a tiebreaker factor. Um, I still think Denver is, is versatile both on offense and defense to handle all the problems that Eric Spoel is going to throw at them. So they're going to be able to kind of just problem solve. All right, let's go wrap it up for this episode of the Action Network podcast. My thanks to... Albert Wynn, the Analytics Capper. You can follow him on Twitter at Analytics Capper. And Sean Little of MSG Networks. Catch him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. And making his Green Dot Daily uh, appearances weekly on our weekly show. Uh, I appreciate Sean helping me out this season as well as hosting Buckets. Uh, you can catch episodes here all throughout the week. Make sure to leave us those five-star reviews. My thanks to David Payne and Matt Mitchell, our producers. We'll see you guys again next time on the Action Network Podcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's get Buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.